Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com slash sorgatronmedia. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod, iPhone, or MP3 player. I'm getting awesome! You're getting awesome! We're getting awesome! Yeah, that's what I said now! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Awesome Cast, episode 37. Yep. And you're probably wondering why I'm you? sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Sorg? Why am I sitting here? Well, Sorg is sick. But he's upstairs. So I told him <laughs> to take his sick behind upstairs and sit on the couch. And he's watching us on his 42-inch flat screen TV. Yes, he is. And laughing at us. Uh-huh. Uh... So, it's all me. It's all my this name. is this is Chachi Cast. Ooh, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Okay, Ooh. fine. All right, I'll, <laughs> let's introduce everybody. All right. Uh, so, as usual, we have Rob De La Creta. Howdy. He is <clears throat> I'm eating cookies. Wow, that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> how are you, Rob? Uh, I'm alright. I have a little bit of a sore throat, but I have uh, Hall's triple soothing action to my right and Dayquil to my left, so I think I'll survive the show. Yo, Fantastic. get that Nyquil, though. That's narcotics. Yeah. <laughs> and, on, <laughs> and on the couch, we have AJ. Hi. He's the only person on the couch since I'm in Command Central. Yeah, Chachi usually sits over here. <laughs> but since he's over there, and I'm right here, that's how this show's going down. Right. And also joining us is Mike Pound, who is a real-life journalist. Oh, man. With paper and stuff. I play one on TV. See? Do we have to use a style guide tonight? <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, there will be a test at the end of the show. Oh, <sighs> crap. I hate test. Curses. So, let's get into this. You can contact us at contact at awesomecast.com or you can call us at 724-25-ACAST that's 724 2278. For those of you with a rotary phone. Yes. Rotary phones. And let's get off of that. And we'll go here. There we go. All Nothing. Right. I moved it. We're good. We're good? Yeah. All right. Slowly but surely, we're getting All there. Right. So, uh. So, AJ was nice enough to uh, put together a nice outline for us this week mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of all the news that we we're need gonna, to cover. We're going we're gonna to try organization this week. Right. So, uh, let's get right into it. All right. Uh, Everybody have the spreadsheet open? Yes, sir. All right. Spreadsheet? There's a spreadsheet attached to the document? <laughs> no, <laughs> document. just a document. Yeah. Right. Why do you got to correct me? You're fired. Oh, no, Excel crashed. We're done for. <laughs> oh, man, this show's over. I'm out of here. <laughs> Calm error. <laughs> These DLLs are stupid. Illegal operation. Oh, man. That's a fatal exception. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, the big news uh, was fresh on Sunday. Right. Uh, the Huffington Post got bought by AOL, which means Ariana Huffington now has a new job. She got $315 million, so I don't know why she needs one. <laughs> but uh, she is now the editor-in-chief of AOL content. And when you think, boy, AOL content seems like it hasn't been around in a very long time. Well, Engadget, Autoblog, uh, now the Huffington Post, TechCrunch are all AOL-owned sites. Yes, because AOL can't come up, come up with any good content on their own, so they gave up and bought everybody else. Fair enough. Hey, <laughs> so, uh, hey, get that money. You got paper, yeah. get it. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So now she's now the editor in chief of AOL content. So people have asked, what does that even mean? Uh, I'm guessing that you know she's going to have to tell people that their writing style stinks uh, <laughs> and that uh, they want to actually drive. I believe in that in the uh, the announcement that TechCrunch didn't actually get. Uh, they apparently sent an a-, a memo around to all of the AOL staffers that TechCrunch never got, so they got scooped on the announcement by a rival news site uh, that they are. That's trying- always fun. Yeah, that they are trying to push an eighty 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 focus. Eighty uh, percent of domestic spending is done by women. Eighty percent of spending is done locally, and eighty percent of purchases are done. Through influencers, us, right. So they're trying to push. Uh, basically, by buying the Huffington Post, they bought a very important woman who likes to buy things. So I think they covered <laughs> all of the bases. Um, but I think that they that this eighty eighty focus is is their way of trying to get down to that level and, and having a woman in charge as their as part of that eighty and trying to push things more locally. Would be the other eighty, but here's here's the part I think is interesting. Go ahead. AOL is going to have to own them for at for under five years to make any money back off of this. Under five years. Well, it'll be a little bit under five years before they break even. Because that three hundred and fifteen million dollars, a lot of coin. Yeah, according to the article, it's just under five times what Huffington Post is expected to make this year. Yeah. Uh, so, they are pretty much broke. Well, not broke. Well, I mean, part of the point of the acquisition is to increase the income of all the other AOL properties, which suck terribly right now. Right, yeah. The so, other uh, I, Ideally, they make more money through things besides the Huffington Post. Uh, TechCrunch uh, writer uh, Parr was noted as saying the... Uh, he doesn't like how AOL is trying to slam this this SEO down every one of AOL's sites' throats. They hate it. They they don't like it. But uh, the idea is that the Huffington Post is one of the few sites on the internet that has a very aggressive SEO stance, and they can push a bunch of SEO content and still maintain the ability to to develop their own original content. And they're hoping that by pushing by putting the Huffington Post mentality. To everything else that they might be able to actually develop their own content in reality versus just rehashing content from other sites. We'll see how that works out. Anyways, Mike, what do you think about this uh, journalist? I, I think it's um, it, it's a decent move from the standpoint that that Huffington is a brand um, and Huffington Post is something that's recognizable uh, outside of kind of the the the. Geek scope. Uh, these are uh, regular folks know what that is, um, and it's going to be something that's recognizable. I- I'm curious about how uh, the non kind of headline writers uh, who who work for her are are going to um, are, are going to take this. I've read a couple things already about people um, saying hey, you know she gets uh, what is it three hundred and fifteen million dollars, and I'm I'm filling I'm, I'm providing content for her for nothing, and this doesn't work for me um so i'm i'm, I'm curious about what uh, how that's going to go if uh, if she's going to be able to keep these people uh who have contributed to uh Huffington Post for a long time uh or if uh, they're going to try to find another gig uh that might pay them a little bit of money 
Um, cause right now, uh, I, I think they're, they're, they're going to be some folks who are unhappy about that arrangement. Huh. That, that's a good point. But you also have to think that even though these people are experienced writers mm-hmm. for at least this particular website and they are, they may want a cut of the 315 million. There is a dozen of people standing behind each one of these people that will do this for free still. Mm-hmm. So sure. regardless of sure. the three hundred fifteen million, that she can go out and throw a piece of wadded up paper and hit someone that'll write the same article yep. or nothing still. Yep. Speaking there, of there's there, there's a lot of uh, work involved in finding people um, who, who can do that reliably. Um, and you know, if, if I'm if I've been blogging for for her for free for for two or three years, um, the, the the folks that I'm 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 submitting stuff to know they can they can count on me for for regular content. Um, they know that I don't have to screw around with with a lot of editing. They know I'm reliable. Um, yeah, you can find plenty of people who are willing to replace me. Um, can you find someone who can replace me? I'm and that 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 takes uh, time and work to to get through. Uh, I think there's some value in in, uh, in experience, and especially if, if you've been working for them for a long time. I I would I would think you'd want to keep them. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, and and there's definitely something to be said for for the voice of the writers that the Huffington Post has been choosing for years now. Uh, I mean, one of the reasons that uh, a story we'll get to in a minute, the Daily, uh, is getting a lot of criticism across the board, is because it's not the kind of like they they picked a certain kind of writer. And it's not the kind of writer that people wanted to wanted to listen to. So if the Huffington Post has a rebellion and they lose a lot of their talent right now, which is legitimate talent, um, mm-hmm. sure they can find people to fill the pages, but to fill the pages in a way that people actually want to read—that's where the challenge comes in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned something that we'll, we're going to cover later in the show. Uh, speaking of paper, yes, uh, Amazon paper. announced uh, at the through fourth quarter. That Kindle book sales were outselling paperback book sales. Uh, I believe it was a year and a half ago that Amazon announced that Kindle sales were beating hardcovers. Uh, and people said, okay, hardcovers, fine. They're a more expensive version of a book. Let's wait until they outsell paperbacks. Only took them about a year. And if you go into the Amazon store, uh, you can actually see that price difference. You go in and you see like the elect the Kindle version is like ten bucks, and the paperback is fifteen or twenty on the new stuff. Yeah, on stuff that's actual you know just released books. And I think that that is pushing that this whole e-reader. You know, every you have the Kindle, you have the Nook, you have the iPad, you have uh, now the Kindle Nook, the Kindle and Nook, and um, I think there's another one, but for some reason it's slipping my mind right now. For the the tablets mm. that is now starting to push this e-reader move, and now with the daily and um, Apple now pushing this, how to do subscriptions through iTunes, uh, I think that you might start to see that push towards, you know, I'm able to get real electronic versions of say my favorite Beaver County Times, or or the uh, <laughs> what the hell just happened? I dropped the keyboard. All right. Or Post Gazette, or some of these other, you know. Where's Where's Sark again? He's upstairs on the couch. Sorry, he's upstairs. Uh, Having a heart attack because he heard something fall. Uh, <laughs> All right, there we go. But yeah, that's that's the sort of thing that I think really will get pushed, and I don't think people 
I don't know. I think that's where everybody wants to go. I mean, my 65-year-old aunt has an e-reader now. Really? Yeah. I must be one of the the few people that, I, you know what? I've tried an e-reader. It wasn't for me. I want a physical paper book in my hand. So was she. And then she got one full as a gift for her birthday. Hmm. And she said, after reading on it, she's like, I realized that it was... That holding the book, and everybody always says, you know, oh, I want to hold the book in my hands. I like having the paper. And after a while, she's like, I just, I realized that all I wanted to do was actually read the text. There's the whole point of a book. This is to read the text. And and she really, you know, she, she said the novelty of holding the book, or this whole desire that I have to hold the book in my hands, wore off. And that I really got comfortable reading it on an e-reader, and I read it all the time now. You know. And, and, and as a writer in a paper world, Mr. Mr. Crabby, how do you feel about these sorts of things? <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm like Tati, and although I will say I haven't played with a Kindle much, um, I, I still like books. <laughs> I, and it's, it's, it's something I will, I will check out at some point down the line and, and probably change my mind. Uh, but, but for right now. Uh, maybe this has to do with my, my, my profession, but you know, I, I still like the consumption and, and killing trees and, and can, <laughs> yeah. all that well, stuff. Well, I believe this was actually the topic from the very first awesome cast was the picking up of, of e-readers and how new, how the print media fits into that. that I can't remember. It I might remember. be though. If I remember correctly. <laughs> Wow, Rob, yeah. bring it a full circle. Yeah, what do you think, Rob? I, I what do I think? I, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't remember. I, I vaguely remember skimming across this topic <clears throat> the first time we had Crappy on the show. I think. Yep. Yep. But um, yeah, I, I'm hearing more and more of of like what AJ was talking about. People saying, uh, you know, I'm not really into the whole e-reader thing. I don't need one. Yada yada yada. But until you get one as a gift, you don't realize that you love it. Um, or, you know, very few people will go out and buy one. I mean, gifts of Kindle. I would like to see the figure of, uh, from Amazon of how many gifted Kindles there have been versus straight out bought Kindles and see how big that percentage is. Cause it, it's a really hard thing to sell somebody on. I mean, I'm a total, there's a, a big bookcase right there. I mean, not turn it. There's a lag, but yeah. I love books. I love paper. I love, like, having it in my hand. I'm a huge fan of, like, going off somewhere and being completely disconnected and having just a book. I, I like that seclusion of being stuck to just this paper thing in my hands. I don't own any e-readers. I do have an iPad, but I've never managed to read a book on an iPad because I get distracted by everything else the device is capable of. <laughs> I, I, think, um, I think that's what my problem would ultimately end up being. Well, what I've found is, is, especially, and thankfully Apple did this, uh, They, I think it was the very first version of iBooks, couldn't do PDFs. And I believe it's the first update that they came out with gave it the ability to read PDFs. So it, what's nice is I store a bunch of white papers that I have from various vendors at work. And I, you know, I, I try to take the time, especially when I know it's something that I have, that I need to actually know about. Mm. What I do is I stick them on my iPad. And at whatever point, I can just fire my iPad, fire up iBooks, and boom, there's my PDF of this white paper. Now, does it do the same things that, a, that an ebook does on the iPad? No. Uh, I can't flip the pages. Uh, it's best if you read it in portrait mode, not in, not in landscape mode. If you read it in landscape mode, it, 
you have to scroll this way and then scroll this way, which oh, is right. kind of annoying. Mm -hmm. Or if you bring it, if you get the page small enough that it fits on the entire screen, you can't read the actual text size on it. Uh, but it's really nice to have that. And I know that I have all these white papers that and at one point I actually used to print these. And I'd have a stack of paper about this big <laughs> in my, you know, in my laptop bag all the time. That's like half of the white paper. And it was like, I have like 125 page white papers. And I sit down and I want to read them. But mm. if I put them all on my iPad, it's this big and I can still do, and this is with a giant case on it. The, the actual device is far smaller. I can actually keep all these things with me and I can pull them out whenever I want to. Uh but I, I really think that, uh, to, to Rob's point, that I w I'd love to see the, the, those numbers as well. The problem is, is that every, people who buy a Kindle to give as a gift are getting it from Amazon, and they're buying it straight up. So I think it would be difficult for Amazon to say, well, this many were bought as a gift. Uh, yeah. unless, there was, unless there was a button that said, I'm gifting this to someone. Right. Because like, I, I, like I like the idea of, of the Kindle as a generally disconnected device. Like the Nook, you can do a lot with the Nook. I feel like it has a browser in it. I don't remember. Yes. Um, and the iPad, like I said, like there's just so much to it. Um, I don't own a Kindle, but I feel like if I had one, I might use it. But I haven't like, you know, you have to hedge your own, your own case to a point that you're willing to put down the cash. And I am not, it, like it's not cheap enough yet for me. And I mean, I'm a pretty frugal person. So when they're like giving them out for like twenty bucks, I will go buy one. I think that they've gotten they've gotten it down to that price point where people are willing to take a rock, they're willing to take a flyer on it, really. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's down yeah, to what definitely. one? I think the Kindle's what one thirty if you get just the Wi-Fi version. Right. So I mean, it's down to that point where is it is it more expensive than buying a book? Yes. Mm -hmm. But it's still cheap enough that people say. 130 bucks, I could probably do with that. It's it it starts to creep into that disposable income realm. Like an iPad, yeah. base model iPad's 500 bucks. You have to really desire to do more than read books if you want an iPad. Absolutely, and and the price point for the Kindle right now is simply put as like, well, uh, if I buy 10 bucks in a year, I've bought a Kindle. Except I'll be able to buy a lot more books and read a lot more anywhere I am, forever. I never. I think it kind of sells itself. The e-ink ones uh, worked more to Rob's point of that. I want to be secluded. I don't want to be connected. I don't want to deal with any of this crap. Because the e-ink ones don't. They either a don't have a browser or b they don't have a very good one. Right. Yeah. The, uh, the browser on the Nook Color, which is effectively an Android tablet, it's running Android two one. I think. So it's or I think it just got an update to two two. It might, Somebody, have. it might have just got an update to T2. That when you write, I mean, when you have just that e-ink, you can still now say, I'm still in seclusion. The only thing I can really do with this thing is go on the Amazon store and buy something or go on the Barnes and Noble Nook store and buy something. You know, that's and that's the limit of my connectivity. But other than that, I, I can't really do much with this device. I can't play a game. I can't do, you know, this, that and the third. And I think that that plays more to Rob's point of that seclusion. I want to hold the paper and that sort of thing. All right. So we pretty much covered that. Yep. Beat that one in the ground. Right, what's next? Hulu. Oh, Hulu. They got Viacom content back. So now you can watch the, uh, you can watch all the shows that you really want to watch. You can watch the daily show and the Colbert report. Uh, you can watch, uh, CBS shows on there now, probably because it's Viacom. Yeah. Nickelodeon's on there now too. I mean, that's, this is the sort of stuff that Hulu needs. 
They need news like this because right now, uh, and we talked about it last week, Hulu versus Netflix. Um, that they, Hulu, I mean, Hulu versus Netflix, Netflix is getting a lot of this exclusive content. Right. And Hulu isn't getting anything because nobody wants to pay up when they know that Netflix subscribers have to pay up. There isn't a free version of Netflix. Yeah. Um, and I think Hulu getting these, these, these numbers back is, uh, it, it's good. It's good for Netflix. It's good, or it's good for Netflix and it's good for Hulu. Net, it's good for Netflix because they're getting actual competition. And they're not just killing the market by getting a bunch of exclusive content and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's I, I think this is a good thing. It's great for them. Uh, I still won't watch Hulu. <laughs> no. I, I have a real TV with real DVR. Right. But uh, And anything else is on Netflix. And everything else is on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I Once, once uh, Hulu started pushing Hulu Plus, I stopped using Hulu. I get all of my TV shows on my DVR. Mm-hmm. Anything else is on Netflix. That's it. That's all there is to it. Rob, thoughts? Oh, I bumped up the wrong one. On the Hulu thing? Well, uh, I have a modified MacBook running Boxy, and you know what? You still can't get Hulu on the uh, Boxy, uh, not the Boxy box, but the Boxy app. So I don't use Hulu at all. Huh. You know what? Just don't do it. Crappy. I am for anything that will let me eventually dump Comcast on its ass. <laughs> well, you're not going to be able to dump Comcast completely. You're going to have to have them for, I, yeah, in, I for the internets. I, I still need them for the internets. Um, but gosh, I would I would love to to get rid of that. Well, I cable. don't know about that. I I don't know if you're going to need, and I don't have the company name offhand right now. But in the fl- in the mail the other day, I received a paper flyer that gave me compar- comparable mid range Comcast speeds. Mm-hmm. At half Comcast price for life. That's impressive. I'd love to life? know who that provider yeah. is because <laughs> I now yeah. I'd like Comcast to see that flyer. Yeah, I, you need to bring that flyer <laughs> next I'll, week. I'll bring it, but yeah, or send a picture of that one on the Twitters. Right, their deal is for life. Charter? No, it's. I can't. I wish I could remember it right now, but I I honestly can't. There's and not many service providers who can make that claim. Especially in Pittsburgh, it's like right. It's Verizon and Comcast. Right. Well, there's Verizon, Comcast, Clear is coming in. Clear is wireless uh, though. Yeah, but they're all wireless. Yeah, they're they they ride on Sprint's WiMAX though. Yeah. They don't. No, they have a an, a home adapter. Huh. You all right. can. Uh, all right, Clear. Yeah, uh, they have a an actual modem for your house. And you can bundle that with a USB dongle. Oh, nice. Dongle. Yeah. <laughs> you said dongle, I heard you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean you I mean they're they're getting competitive. Yeah, nice for uh nice for Hulu though. Yeah. Uh big news. Uh this was Sprint's way of kinda stomach punching Verizon. <laughs> uh Verizon got all the big news. They sold uh a JP Morgan said they sold five hundred thousand iPhones in two hours. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean they moved a lot of units. But uh, the Kyocera Echo. Now, when I think of Kyocera, I think of crappy little flip phones and Virgin Mobile. and Used to be uh, Cricket. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes. uh, Kyocera has developed a device that Sprint is getting exclusively. It is not a 4G device. It's not using WiMAX or LTE. But it has two 3.5-inch capacitive touchscreens on it. Yes. Which, when open... Go out to 4.7 inches diagonally and uh, 800 by 960 pixels. I know. 
That's a lot of screenage for a cell phone. Yeah, and it's it folds up to the size of a cell phone. It's kind of insane. Uh, yeah. If you go to but, the there's a butt. Oh, what's the butt, Rob? <laughs> you know the butt. Go ahead. It's running Android Froyo. <laughs> and it's got one crappy processor to do all the legwork for two screens. Mm-hmm. And and if you want to know about the battery life, by the way, uh, if, if, if you, if you want to know about the battery life, too bad because it wouldn't turn on long enough for us to check. <laughs> uh, there, there's uh, if you if you if, Chachi, if you bring up that camera angle, that's a picture of the device. It's uh, not a bad looking device. It's not a bad looking device. No. The review uh, actually calls it. Uh, they call it thick when it's closed. Oh, I'm sure. Um, with two screens, with you two have screens. to have a, a thick phone. But the the big part. Uh, if you ask about the battery life, is that Sprint will be selling this with a spare battery <laughs> and a crad- <laughs> and a compact form factor cradle charger. Okay. So if you have to ask about the battery life, I think the spare battery in the box tells you a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, this is like a really poorly devi- designed device that picked up. Isn't it, isn't it running on a Snapdragon? Yes, it is. Yes. It, so second it's running gen, on Snapdragon, which is basically a processor seeing the end of its mobile life. Oh, this is the second-gen Snapdragon, but can, yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so like, they got a sweet deal on this, and then their engineer was like, man, we are going to have to foot the bill for a lot of support calls when these batteries die. Oh, wait, my bro over in Korea, he's got a deal on batteries. Let's get these things on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean that's that's basically what this device is. Yeah. It's a small laptop and it's gonna die quickly. Sorg from upstairs in the comfort of his couch called it the Android DS. It really is. It <laughs> really is the Android DS. Yes. Um But yeah, so I thought it I think it's a neat device, but uh the fact that you need a small nuclear power plant in your pocket <laughs> is gonna tell you that uh this thing's gonna last about three texts and then it's gonna die. Uh, they're working on an API that allows you to bring up apps on both mm-hmm. on two different apps on both screens, because one gigahertz Snapdragon is going to be able to handle that one. Um, but yeah, it, there's I think it's a I think it's a solid form factor idea. So was the Apple Newton, uh, <laughs> but I think I think that there needs to be an evolution in the technology there. I think if you put that with uh, some of the the dual core stuff that they're sticking into the Android tablets. Yeah. I, I think that you might have something here, but I think that it's going to it's going to require you to have a bit more juice. I have I have two things. Go ahead. First, uh, I'm waiting for the first news report reporting that someone with this phone caught themselves on fire okay. <laughs> in their pocket. Pocket fire. I want to do yeah. that story. I very very much. <laughs> I, I I'm predicting a pocket fire from this phone. Second, do you think that this is the predecessor to the Superphone? What Superphone? Any of the next-gen incredible... The, the, what, what they're calling the God Phone? Yeah. yeah. I, Basically, I, the, the dual processor phones that yeah. are expected to supersede the super... The, or the uh, smartphones. The smartphones, yeah. My question is, why? This, this, is, this is now reminiscent of the PC industry. Right. And that's... Where, where you were just putting more and more power... And because you were putting more and more power, people weren't writing efficient code, and you needed more and more power to build this up. This had, did, did you try running Windows Vista on anything less than, I don't know, a small V8 engine? It was insanely <laughs> slow. 
And this is the problem. And you eventually get to a point where you have to have a spare battery on hand in order to run these devices. You have to have, before you get a leap in processor technology, manufacturers, you need to have a leap in battery technology. Because we're not plugged into a wall anymore. We're running around with these things in our pockets. So I, that's my biggest problem with pushing dual-core processors into a phone. Right. I mean, the, the, I mean, what was it, two years ago during the netbook stuff? When everybody was buying netbooks and everybody was dropping netbooks? Too. People were able to do everything they needed to do on an Atom chip, which was effectively this much more powerful than a Celeron from, like, 98. It was. Hey, Celerons were cool, man. No, they weren't. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's, you have this giant leap in power, and then people realize, wait, I don't need all that. I just want to go on the web, and I just want to go play some music. The PC that I built for my dad at home has an Atom processor and two gigs of RAM. And it is far and beyond more powerful than he will ever need. Well, what's it running? XP. Good boy. <laughs> I mean, that's the sort of thing. Yeah, no, you can do fine. these sorts of things. You can run these sorts of OSs on a much smaller power scale because you don't need it. And this is the problem. People are going to keep writing bigger and bigger apps and bigger and bigger and more bloatware-filled OSs. Hi, Honeycomb. <laughs> and they're because they say, oh, well, we need to have a dual-core processor in order to run this because it doesn't run very well on a single-core processor. Google, you're, you have a lot of smart people working for you. You can do better than that. And well, that's my biggest like problem. it's just like any other technology on the planet. Any time, any opportunity they have to make this stuff better and bigger, regardless of if, if it's needed, they're still going to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're just going to keep pushing this whole, right. it's, got, it's more powerful, it's faster. It's like you said, what was it? I think it was last week when we were talking about your pa doing parents' technology. Yeah. And they have like a million icons exactly. open in a tray. It's the same thing. That's how. That's why Android's battery life blows. Because right. nobody knows how to close an application. Right. Same thing. Some of us are smart enough to manage our applications. Yeah. Others, they get two hours worth of solid battery life and then they have to find a wall outlet. And that's my problem. <laughs> It's my biggest problem with this entire with this entire movement for more power and more power. No. Why don't you do better with the power you have? And then maybe we can talk. And this is why I really appreciate what Apple's done. Their code base is, is efficient enough that it runs fairly well on the original... G I think... Uh, no, it wasn't you. Sorg had a, had a 3G, I think. Yeah. And he's still running 4.2. Right. Which is the same OS version that I'm running on my iPhone 4, and they both run completely fine. Right. Because they're writing efficient code, because they know that they have to support all these devices. And with Honeycomb, I guarantee that they're going to say, if you're not running a dual core, they said they won't, and they said they're going to support it on single... They won't. <laughs> and Google's going to come out and say, you have to run a dual core, and nobody who has an existing phone is going to be able to upgrade. Which is the biggest problem of all. Because they have this giant market... And nobody's going to be able to run the next version of the OS, so everybody's going to have to go out and buy new phones. Right. And this is this is the Microsoft. <laughs> this is the Microsoft uh, business plan. It is, because no one. And this is coming from the guy who has carried an Android device in his pocket for the past two and a half years since day one. Yeah, since day one of Android, I've had a device. No one is smart enough to realize that Apple and AT and T are doing it right. Oh, that hurts. It does, because 
AJ, yes. you said last week mm-hmm. that giving, given the opportunity, if AT&T were to email you and say, you can upgrade your iPhone to the next one for 18 bucks. I'd do it. He would do it in a heartbeat. Why? question. Because it's new, and they're giving it to him for 18 bucks. I mean, I still have to pay. Obviously, have to pay for the cost of the device. Right. So let's yeah. let's not get that. Let's get yeah, that out no, of the way. Yeah, right. But for that eighteen dollar upgrade fee, right. I can get the I can get an upgrade price. Heck yeah, I'm going to pay for that. Exactly. But I don't need it. That's the other thing. Right. You don't. I don't. I want it because yeah. that's why I'm on this show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's 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 my biggest issue with with this Android and this whole push to have like dual screens and dual core processors and all this goo gob. It, it's Google's building nerd phones. <laughs> They're building a look at what I have phone. Rob. I know you got uh, these. AT&T, <coughs> AT&T text messages you and say you can have the iPhone 4. Uh, I'm sorry. iPhone 5 yep. for 18 bucks. No. Uh, yeah. You buy it? Yep. See? Exactly. It's crappy. 18 bucks. They say you can buy the <laughs> iPhone 5. You in? I, I'm buying like five of them. Exactly. Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah, see? Yeah. So we have four people here. You'd do it, too. I would. I, I would do it in a heartbeat. But the problem is, my carrier and my devices aren't smart enough to realize that AT&T and Apple are making a boatload mm-hmm. because they're giving people this deal. And uh, AT&T's got me by the, AT&T's got me by the, uh, by the man bits for the next two years. Exactly. <laughs> they know. <laughs> they know they're going to keep getting that 90, 90 to 100 bucks a month. Exactly. They know it. And they know I'm good for it. I mean, <laughs> it's like a drug. Right. And we can't help it. That's why we're on this show. Speaking of the iPhone versus Android. Yeah. Uh, Super Bowl commercial for the Motorola Zoom. Yeah, I think I missed that one. The, uh, the, this, this one was pointed out before, uh, before the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, uh, commercial people, advertising people, don't put your Super Bowl ads out before the Super Bowl. <laughs> Dummies. I there's saw actually, the there's something ones. funny about the whole Super Bowl commercial thing I was thinking about. So we're all used to, like, drooling in front of our computer and flipping through YouTube. That's, like, the same dopamine shot that you got when you were, like, 10 years old watching the Super Bowl. That's right. why the commercials aren't good anymore. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is, is that, you know, they always say, like, oh, this is when the big commercials of the year come out. This is where the crazy ones come out. But... All of the commercials have been out already for like a week before the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. yep. So I've already seen all the good ones. I'm done here. I could go get some chips <laughs> while I'm watching the Steelers. Oh, God. Hey, watch it. It hurt. You it know hurt. what, though? I honestly didn't watch a single commercial into the Super Bowl because I knew I'd be watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I, I just said, you know what? I don't need to see it. I'll see it when it airs. By the way, personal favorite was the uh, Darth Vader uh uh, Volkswagen commercial. See, that was up there. Yeah, but it that wasn't was my awesome. personal favorite. Did you see the bloopers? The I blooper didn't. reel that came out today. No. At the end, oh. there was a deleted scene that at the end, when the kid like when the kid starts the car, yeah. he goes running back inside, and you see the parents going like this. <laughs> I mean, it is classic. I was like, why wasn't that in the commercial? That was awesome. Well, see, my favorite commercial was the Bridgestone Bridgestone commercial with the Beaver. I'm trying to remember that one. Yeah. The, no, that was that was pretty good. That uh, was cute. Beaver moves a branch out of the way, waves to the guy as he's driving by. Later, guy's driving down the same road. Tree falls in his way, and he has to hit the brakes. And then they pan to a bridge that he took the first time, and it's floating down the river. 
And the beaver comes out. He's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The I chest totally pound is what made it. That yeah. was that was it. That's exactly it too. So, anyways, getting back to this this commercial, uh, <laughs> Motorola uh, came out with this commercial that displayed iPhone users as uh, a bunch of automatons who wear white hoodies and have their little white earbuds, and everybody just stares blankly forward. But the guy who has the Motorola Zoom tablet wears like a hipster vest, and he's got a tie, but it's all loose, but he works in a cubicle because he's the hip one. And he draws like a picture, or he does like some video, he edits like a video on his tablet, and like shows it to the the cute iPhone girl, and... She, uh, she like takes out her iPhone headphones and takes down her hood and she like walks off into the sunset with this guy like, hey, the Motorola Zoom tablet will get you chicks. Sorry, guys. That's $800 out of your pocket that you can't take her to fancy dinners with. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they put it out there. Uh, they, uh, Motor- or Google had their big, uh, Android honeycomb event on the third. Yeah. They talked about, uh, uh, honeycomb and the widgets and it looks really cool and it does things that i i honestly wish the ipad did mm-hmm. but i also know that with all these fun neat widget things comes a battery cost <laughs> and i can only imagine the battery life of the motorola zoom so that takes us back to the original point. it takes us back to the original <laughs> point and the circle of life is complete right thanks elton john hey mike what was your favorite super bowl commercial I, you have to kind of suspend um, your disbelief because there was a commercial earlier where he said he doesn't do commercials, and the fact that Chrysler actually isn't owned by an American company. But the, but the yeah, Detroit commercial was really really cool, um, and and I think that it's I, I didn't see all of them. I didn't see the whole game, but I think that was probably my favorite of the bunch. The uh, actually I actually looked this up today because somebody got all yeah. got all mad about that commercial. They're like, doesn't Chrysler owned by the U.S. government? And they spent nine million dollars. Uh, uh, I on saw an that and and I really wanted to high five you over the end. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, the main owner of Chrysler right now is the uh, the United Auto Workers Union. Sorry. Mm-hmm. They own 63.5% of that company. Fiat owns 25%. The U.S. government owns 9.2%. And the Canadian government owns 2.3%. So all in all, shut up. <laughs> same. Th- and by the way, if you say the same thing about General Motors, the U.S. government, because of General Motors IPO, went from 61% ownership to 26% ownership, which means General Motors is once again a publicly held company. So there you go. I just thought, that, I'm sorry, that was priceless. That whole spiel. I, look, I, I look things up on the internet. It was on, like, Wikipedia. <laughs> it took five seconds to search that. Who owns Chrysler? Oh, the United Auto Workers Union does. <laughs> Done here. Well, see, that's the problem with the, with uh, sites like Twitter. And don't get me wrong, I love Twitter. You love the tweets. I am on there way too much. Hmm. I am probably sleep-tweeting and don't know it, because I don't go back to check the Yo, tweets I, should, I send. I'm going to check his timeline. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I probably sleep tweet at this point, but people on there, they're given a voice and they just type whatever they want, which is the right thing. Right. I mean, that's the whole point of the service is yeah. to provide us, is to provide people to let them say whatever you want to on the internet. Yeah. But uh, throwing I, a fit like that, though, and saying, oh, that commercial lied without. No, it, no, they didn't say that the commercial lied. They were upset because they believed that Chrysler was owned by the U.S. government. And I don't think enough was made of General Motors IPO and Chrysler actually paying down their debts to Mm -hmm. get out of this. 
Uh, and, and I actually, I, I'm a big, uh, in addition to being a big nerd dork, uh, I'm also, uh, I'm also very interested in cars and the auto industry in general. I really like that commercial though. I'm, in, I'm with, I'm in the same boat as Crappy on this one. This, that was a great commercial. May I love that tagline imported from Detroit. Yeah. I mean, I, I do work in the Detroit area. I've been up there many times. I have family in Detroit. That town during the recession, when it when they based, when most of that town lost their jobs, that was depressing, depressing place to go. I oh, mean, sure. it hurt to go there. And seeing commercials that 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 are trying to build back up the image of Detroit. Uh, Rob, I know you hate the show, but Top Gear America uh, <laughs> did a, a nice piece on American cars and what could save General Motors. What should General Motors bring back from their past? That would be a good car to bring back. I think a lot of people want to see Detroit and the American auto, the American auto market, and the the big three really make a comeback. Ford is doing fantastic work right now. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys are interested. Uh, the Pittsburgh Auto Show they will have the new Ford Focus on display. Uh, very excited right. about that bit. Okay. Um, but they have the big car makers, the Chevy. The Cruze, the Equinox, I, I can't find... The only car that I can find in the Chevy lineup that I don't like, and it's long overdue for a refresh, is the Impala. But other than that, the Cruze, the Equinox, the Malibu, the Traverse, all four of those cars are cars that Chevy can genuinely be proud of. Right. They're not terrible cars. I had an Equinox for a week, and I wanted to buy one at the end of it. I test drove a cruise and almost bought it. It's it's a Chevy has a really 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 good lineup right now. So does Ford, and I'm actually stunned to say that American car manufacturers have good cars now. Uh, and I think they finally listened to the American auto market when they didn't buy anything and they were buying the Japanese cars for the last 25 years. And they said, "Oh crap, we actually have to make something that people want." <laughs> Man, that requires work. But uh, there you go. That's my rant on the auto industry. Continue. All right. Go ahead, Rob. What's next on the list? Uh, <clears throat> Let's get you back into the show. Uh, yeah, I, I was barely paying attention. I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do we got? Blah, 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 uh, Android over the air web store. Yeah. So yeah. they, uh, Rob, did you did you know about this thing? Uh, I heard about it. I don't know any details at all. Uh, so you know the iTunes. If you go to the 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 iTunes, if you click on a link to an app, you can see the preview on the web without having to actually go into iTunes and into the App Store, and you can see, like, the preview of everything. You know about that? Yeah. Okay. Same deal, <laughs> but instead of clicking View in iTunes, you can click Install to Phone, and it does an over-the-air install to your device. Yeah, you know, I was actually sitting at my desk today thinking about that, because I, like, I was seeing things in the in the app store that I wanted to install, but I didn't want to flip out my phone. I'm like, it's right here. I should be able to say, go right now, make it happen. Uh, yeah. So this, yeah, Android's already ahead of you on that one. Damn it. Uh, which I, I think is a really neat idea. It also, I believe, keeps track of the things that you've downloaded. I think you can go into a list and click on the apps that you've already downloaded and re-download re-download them to your phone. Which I wish, I wish Apple would do that. Well, there's also uh, there is word that wireless syncing is coming to iOS. The latest um, d 
the uh, developer rev of iOS includes some bits about wireless syncing. So there's some rumors going around that the next full release will include wireless syncing. Uh, speaking of wireless and the new version of uh, uh, the iOS stuff, mobile hotspots, which uh, originally appeared in the Verizon iPhone, right, uh, got integrated into the latest developer builds for iOS 4.3, which is rumored to come out on Monday. So yeah. happy updating. If you have tethering on your phone, go get Adam. And Ver- uh, AT&T, now I, I, and, and this is something that we talked about when the Verizon iPhone was originally announced, now the, now the carriers have to, uh, have to care and have to come out with plans that people actually want to buy. Right. AT&T bumped up their tethering plans. Right. So they have, you get your two gigs... And if you buy, if you get tethering, you get an extra two gigs instead of just having tethering on the original two gigs. So you get a total of four if you have the tethering on your on your device already, which is an extra twenty bucks a month. So if you're somebody who travels a lot or you like having that mobile hotspot thing, <laughs> and you want to do it legally and not have to jailbreak your phone, there you go. So, well, since we're on smartphones and have been for the past, I don't know, twenty five minutes or so, something like that. Out, uh, cell phone or smartphones outsell PCs in fourth quarter last year. First time ever. Right. Which I think that's a big milestone. It is a big milestone. This is a milestone show. It is. Paper, Kindle books outselling paperbacks. Right. Smartphones outselling computers. Man, milestones. So I give it up to the uh, smartphone makers. Congratulations. Nice job. You did it. You did it. It's the World's last time. Best. <laughs> Enjoy it. It won't last long. No, tablets will get you soon. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this one's for Mike. Hey, we Hello. can bring Mike back. Mr. Crappy. <laughs> Mr. Crappy. Page yes, Mr. sir. Crappy. Uh, the Daily came out for the iPad. Feelings. Yes, it did. Um, I, I got to take a look over the last couple of days. And it's pretty. Um, it's kind of fluffy. Which is, yeah. is not not what you want to see, but um, <laughs> kind of. Fluffy. I don't know. My my impressions, and, and you guys mentioned this at the top of the show. Uh, there are a lot of connections, uh, and this is a Rupert Murdoch thing, but there are a lot of connections between the um, managers of 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 the Daily and the in the uh, New York Post, um, uh-huh. and in, in in everything except for for like the main feature stories, that's really evident in in the writing. Yeah, um, and that is something that. I, I don't know. The, the the New York Tabs have have uh, a, an enormous audience, but I don't know that that's something that's going to have the kind of broad appeal that the Daily is going to need. Um, I, I'm 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 curious about how this is going to go. I, I I'm not sure that that specific publication is the answer. Um, but but I'm I'm, I'm curious about. Uh, who who is going to, to you know follow uh, Murdoch and, and News Corp down that path, um, and 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 then you know eventually how that trickles down to the to the rest of the industry that I'm in, um, you know it's not, it's going to be a a long long time before we develop something uh, you know that for that at any paper the size of the Beaver County Times uh, is going to develop something that that would uh, you know work and look like that. Um, but at some point, that's that's something we're we're all going to have to do. Um, so I'm curious to see how this sort of develops. Uh, for right now, um, it's 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 kind of cool for cool sake. It's not. Uh, I'm not overwhelmed 
uh, by it, but it's you know it, it, it's a cool thing to flip through. We've been passing around the newsroom uh, on the newsroom iPad for the last couple of days, and everyone sort of looks at it and says, "Wow," and then starts reading the thing, and you know, <laughs> not, so you're not afraid at all. No. Uh, it's it's not fear, um, that 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 sort of stuff. I mean, these will these will be developed for different audiences, and 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 the daily is is uh, is shooting for the widest audience possible. Um, I'm not sure that the writing will allow them to do that um, unless they they uh, do a little tweaking along the way. Um, the, the you know the paper, the the Pittsburgh papers are are going to be looking at something. Um, that's that's more specific to here because that's what we have to offer. The Beaver County Times is going to be. Uh, you know, when when we get to that point, we'll be developing something that that will deal with with Beaver County and, and Northwest Allegheny County. Um, so there there may be some um, parallels, sort of in in how this is going to look. Um, but in terms of the the the, the, the overall content, um, they're they're not a threat to me. Um, but if that's something that's successful, uh, you could you could see a bunch of folks in our industry sort of following them down the path. And, and uh, seeing where that goes. Well, I, yeah, I think the. Uh, no, no, I'm pulling up the issue of the daily right now. Go ahead. Okay. Um, the important thing about like the daily, like <clears throat> the daily has been getting a bashing, like an out and out bashing by anybody who has anything to say about designing applications uh, ever since its <laughs> release, uh, because the thing is incredibly ugly as far as iPad applications are concerned. Like one of the beautiful things about the iPad is. You get an app on the iPad, your app does a thing, but the important thing about the iPad is that when you launch that app, your iPad <laughs> becomes the thing. Your iPad is transformed, because it's the whole screen, into whatever that thing is. But mm -hmm. because they decided to use these big, kludgy black buttons and awkward controls, it's an app inside of the app that is the iPad. And then there's the fact that the content, they openly say, is made to appeal to... Like it's basically uh, sports, um, uh, entertainment, and and like a vague brushing over in very short terms of things that people might actually like, like world events and 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 very relevant news and stuff like that. So it's basically a, a poorly designed tabloid. But the important part to thing, part to thing, the important thing about the the, the daily is <laughs> that somebody did it. Yeah, they didn't have to do it good to get it out there. If right. the, I mean, like, if this is successful, it's a big deal. And the fact that somebody did it for so cheap, I mean, it's at a price point where anybody can say, you know what? I heard that's really crappy, but I'm gonna try it anyway. It's that, but I'm gonna try it anyway. That's the most thing, like the the big important deal here. If that subscription model holds on, and then somebody else comes along down the line and says, hey, I'm gonna make it pretty and useful, and somebody else says, hey, I'm gonna do this for like the Economist. Then I'm interested. I I'm waiting for someone to build a service that can go to local papers like the Beaver County Times, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Pittsburgh Tribune Review, the, the Butler County Times, and and, and basically give a, like, a, like a framework so that these companies don't have to go build their own app. They well, actually, uh, a bunch of episodes ago, there is a company that's doing that. I, I, well, if, I, if you actually There's look... There's been well, there, there's a company that does that. We our 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 iPhone application um, 
is is uh, if you look at our our platform, and then you, if you look at other newspapers, the one that comes to mind for me is Columbus Dispatch because that's where I'm from. It's the same platform, and there there's a developer that uh, will will squish whatever your content is into something that's that's reasonably easy to use uh, for the iPhone. I, I I can't imagine if if especially if this uh, seems to be modestly successful. I can't imagine it's going to take too long um, be, before you'll see something similar for for the iPad. Yeah, because the the big point, and I think we've we've discussed this before, but it's uh, you know uh, companies, quote unquote, like the Beaver County Times, cannot afford the resources mm. that it takes to make an application that everybody really wants and wants to look at. That's going to be functional. It's going to work well. So the the best thing to do is is to create a framework, as AJ said, that is functional and works across the board, and mm. let them put all the money into it, and then they can go to the Beaver Times and say. Hey, for like a couple bucks, we can take all of your content, transpose it, and stick it in our little sandwich, and then you can pass it out to the people who want to read your stuff. I, I honestly think that, and I've seen multiple hacks of, uh, of the daily. Basically, the app is a glorified PDF viewer. Oh, yeah, sure is. There's a, actually a Tumblr feed that is a, a syndication of everything you can get on the daily, even though... Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 What's his face? Murdoch said that that would never happen. Yeah, it happened very quickly. And Lauren Brichter, who wrote the Twitter for Mac, uh, Twitter for iPhone, or Twitter for iPad uh, apps, wrote a new app for the Daily that is like a million times better. <laughs> it has better response. It runs better and looks better. Because yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised. Like with all the resources that they have at their disposal. Somebody passed this across their desk and they said, yes, this is great. This is going to change the world. Yeah, and, and I don't. I think that the people who were in charge of that decision uh, didn't really go through the emotions of actually having to use the app and have to... Like, the, one th- the big thing that drives me nuts about the daily, if this is a subscription-based thing, okay, and I open the app, I want it to be there already. If I have to open it and wait for the latest issue to be delivered, you've lost my attention already. Yeah. I'm out. Because I don't care now. I want it there. It should be pushed to my device. We have this ability, right? We have the ability to push content, right? Right. Yeah. Why can't we do that? Why is that not a thing? Why can't I click that app, opens, and there's the new issue? As you said earlier, this is just something to get it out there. So once yep. they reprogram it and tighten things up and make it a lot better, that'll be a. It has to be a selectable option. I, I, yeah, I, I I doubt that the uh, the same people who made the daily are going to make the solution that everybody wants. But right. just to get just that the idea is out there is the important thing. Right, and someone is going to do this or see what they've done. Excuse me, see what they've done, and then just go ahead and do it better and send it to them and be like, yeah. "We took your stuff." We shined it up. We tightened this screw over here, and there you go. And I think I, I'm waiting. I, and I think local companies are really going to eat up somebody who can actually provide a real service like that. Right. I can't wait to get the Beaver County Times on my iPad. Right. And what I'm guessing will be the last story because looking at the time, and yeah. I wanted to touch the t- touch on this. Uh, News Corp America. announces that there are changes ahead for MySpace. Yep. Um, they've already laid off half their staff. Yeah, they've laid off half their staff already. Because that staff level needed to be high. They released uh, 
glitter graphics everywhere. New MySpace. <laughs> and something called Blingies. I don't even know what that is. My. I'm <coughs> oh, sorry. No, it's okay. There wasn't anything there. I don't so, have anything to fill my space uh, with. They said that uh, it could be for sale. It could be an investor coming in. It could be us uh, referring to MySpace staying in a restructured ownership with management. And then he laughs it off, and he says, oh, that's just a bunch of corporate speak. Don't worry about that. And he finishes the interview off by saying that for a fair amount, you can buy it. Yep. So, Rob, you missed this because you were the last one to connect in. Here's my plan. Go ahead. I'm going to get 40 bucks from AJ. Uh-huh. I'm going to get 40 bucks from Mike and Missy upstairs. Yep. I'm going to pitch in 40 bucks. Pounder's going to pitch in 40 bucks. Yeah, and you're going to pitch in 40 bucks. And we're going to buy MySpace. For like 240 bucks. <laughs> okay. We're going to give them that money. We're going to buy MySpace. And we're going to do to MySpace what should have been done to MySpace years ago. It's going to go up in a million glittery pieces. We're going <laughs> to take it out into the pasture, kick it around for a little bit, and then shut it off. Oh, wait, wait. Can we reenact the scene with the with the printer yes, in office space? we can. Music and all. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. when all is said and done, and we've pulled the plug on MySpace, we're going to turn around and sell www.myspace.com for a gazillion times more than what we paid for the company. Actually, what we're going to do is we're going to redirect MySpace.com to geocities.com <laughs> and to tripod.com. Oh. That'd be good. <laughs> and we're just going to... think you'll create a black hole on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and the entire internet will swallow itself. That's how you'd break the internet. That's how you break the That's, internet. Redirect myspace.com to geocities.com <laughs> and just watch the whole go. That's the equivalent of dividing by zero. That's the equivalent oh. of crossing the streams. We're yes. gonna All right. we're breaking the internet. So That's the awesome cast. Yeah, that is the awesome cast. Rob, you got anything? Um, check out the baristas, because that's that's a thing. That is, is a thing. It, it is, is an awesome Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the uh, is the second episode up. Yes, it was up Monday at ten on time. Still haven't watched the first one. Oh, you, should, you need to watch them. They're I hilarious. Should. I should huh? you check them out. Yeah, oh, yeah. Check uh, them out. yeah. So check that stuff out. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I I'm not traveling. Oh, that's good. That whole, that's good. That's good. I'm not traveling. Good. Uh, unfortunately, instead of going to Las Vegas and Toronto. I will be the only one in Pittsburgh. So <laughs> I get to show up to, li- to, to work like whenever I want to, but I'm not traveling. <laughs> you are in charge of the sweatshop this week. <laughs> yeah, it would seem that way. What about you, Mike? Real-life journalist with paper and oh, stuff? Uh, the, the Super Bowl is over, so I'm not producing any ridiculous Super Bowl news breaks anymore. Oh, and you I, know I, what? I just, I, By the way, those relax. were classic. Your news breaks were hilarious. Can we? Thank you. Yes. Can we? Yeah. Hey, round of applause for Crappy. If you haven't seen him, go look up Newsbreak on uh, YouTube. on YouTube. Hilarious. And watch this man compare steel to cheese. Yes. How does steel we taste? Had, we, had, we had some fun with those. Uh, today's was is just me sleeping at my desk. I, and, and really, that's actually what it is, because I, I I'm so burned out, I couldn't think of anything else to do. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show again. Thank you, sir. Uh, we can't wait Happy to, to do it, y'all. AJ, what do you got? Uh, I'm still uh, hanging on the internet with a nice. food blog. Nice. Uh, so you s- had Indian food. I had Indian food. What'd you eat? I don't remember. It's things that I don't remember the names <laughs> to. Uh, any good? Uh, it was all right. Not a big fan of it. Gotcha. But, but, 
Super Bowl Sunday, uh, calzones. Is that, I saw, that was the homemade calzones? Those yeah. were the homemade calzones, buddy. I saw. Oh. <sighs> Man, there's still two more in my fridge. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so ajeats.wordpress.com. Yes. If you want to see what I'm eating. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, Sorg is sick. Sorg's sick. So, so I, I, that's what Sorg's doing. Yeah. That, that's what he's doing. Um, but I'd rather him do it now and get over this because Friday is the Chachi Plays event. It is. 24 it is. hours of me sitting downtown Pittsburgh playing video games. If you want to see me, AJ, play video games with my friend Chachi here, uh, stop by, what are we, one? My nude or one? I think you're one o'clock. Yeah. One o'clock. You can watch Chachi and I try and beat Contra. Right. <laughs> that <laughs> is our game of choice. Yes. I have. I, I I'm I'm going to bring it down, and we're going to play chop. We're going to play Contra, right? And uh, from the, from what I can tell, the list of games that people want to play is just off the wall. Really? Um, is Adventures of the Magic Kingdom in there? No, oh, that's sad. Um, Riz in the chat room picked up uh, Rocky Legends <laughs> for PS2 <laughs> to play. Please. So yeah, I'll be playing that for an hour. Yeah. With Riz. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we got going on, Woo! and that'll be live. That will be webcast live all 24 hours. So you can watch me get progressively stupid. And uh, <laughs> so what we can do, what you can do is you can watch that. You can yes. actually go down to Ninja Entertainment on Smithfield Street. Right. We'll be there. And, and be there live. And then while you're down there, Take a little walk over the convention center. Go to the Pittsburgh Auto Show. Yep. Check out some new cars. Yep. There you go. You know, bring That's some, my Saturday. Yes. Yeah, bring some income. Time. Bring some. Bring some. Bring some churros. Yeah. Let's let's get this city back pumping more. Yeah. Downtown. Get, at get least. into that downtown. Get yes. into the triangle. Yeah. Get downtown. Yeah. So uh, you can contact us. Contact at awesome awesomecast dot com is the email address. You can call and leave us a voicemail at seven two four two five a cast. That's seven two four two five two 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 seven eight. And you can check out all of our happenings at awesomecast.com. Yep, and you can also follow along delicious.com slash awesomecast. Right. You can see all the all the crap that we read on the web. Right. So thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Awesome.